Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we have a guest. This week's guest is Hitha Palapu. Hitha is a longtime friend of both of ours. Um, I think that we've known each other now like eight or nine years. Yes. We met when I was on vacation in Barcelona. I was with my ex-boyfriend and um, I was, with my... was there too. And it was one of those Instagram things where we realized we were both traveling in the same city and we ended up meeting up and having a really fun night. Um, since then, we've been through blogging and like a million ups and downs and all sorts of stuff. But it's really fun to have her here with us. Hitha is like the quintessential all-around successful woman. If I if I said the word boss babe, I think boss babe is the worst term ever. It would be you. She's a mom. She is balancing being pregnant with um, a startup and raising $3 million for that. She is she runs a blog. She has a newsletter called Five Smart Reads. Am I missing anything? I mean, I'm tired just thinking about this. But <laughs> <laughs> You probably recognize Hitha's name for from our endless fangirling about her Five Smart Reads newsletter, oh, which I feel like we talk newsletter. about every other episode. Yes. And she's going to be a guest on our April 1st live show. So we're really excited about that. I'm so excited to be on the episode and for the live show. It's going to be great. We're so excited you're here. Yeah, it's just one big love fest. I think... Well, I know you are the first mom that we have had on the podcast. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Are no we... pressure. <laughs> <laughs> the first mom. Well, that's exciting. It's very exciting. So excited to be here, guys. Should so, we get into highs and lows? Yeah, let's do it because we have so many interesting questions for Hitha. Yeah. So, Becca, what's your high this week? So my high and my low are both pretty superficial and stupid, but I'm going to share them anyway. So my high is that I am a lifelong nail biter. And a few weeks ago, we went and got manicures for a, Frederick Fakai invited us in for Valentine's Day. And I have been keeping polish on my nails and trying so hard not to bite them. And my nails look really good right now. They do look good. They're great. I don't yeah. know that I've broken the habit, but I think I'm trying. How long does it take to break a habit? A month. Okay. So I'm only at yeah. a few weeks. But I want to break this. I really think that I'm trying so hard because the manicurist was this older woman who was kind of mean and she guilted me. And so now I'm not biting my nails for her. So that's my high. That's great. Hitha, what about you? My son turned four this week. So oh, I can't believe he's four. I can't believe he's four either. It's crazy. Did he have a birthday party? The birthday party is in a couple weeks from now with like all his friends. And is there a theme? So he's really into this Netflix show called Super Monsters. And it's basically Sesame Street values, but with witches and vampires, which oh. Grace and I have bonded over. We all have bonded over Discovery of Witches. So yeah. I fully support this. I thought you were going to say that Grace watches this show, too. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. So that's in a couple of weeks. We're doing it um, at Lincoln Center. And they've like helped us plan this amazing party. And I don't have to deal with all the logistics. So I'm super grateful for that. But we just had um, pizza and cake at home. He requested a red cake. So red velvet it was. Ooh, and that's a very advanced palette for a four-year-old. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of imposed it on him. Ooh, like he's had red okay. velvet cake since he turned one. So <laughs> I've made it. He doesn't thing. know there's other kinds of cake. Raising him smart. Yeah, so that was that was a high. That's so exciting. Grace, what's your high? 
Um, so we are recording this a little bit in advance, and I will be just getting back from my yoga retreat. So I, um, I, since we're recording this in advance, I leave in two days, going to Costa Rica with my f- most favorite yoga instructor, and I've just been so unhealthy and like a little bit, you know, I haven't been going to the gym, I haven't been getting my workouts in, so I'm really excited. I'm looking at this as like a good reset. That's so exciting. I'm so pumped for you. Yeah. What about Lowe's? We can go back the other way. What's your low grace? Um, mine would be working while on a trip. Like I just find I'm a one woman show. And so there's no way to go on a vacation and not check email. Like anytime I'm not looking at emails, like I might be missing out on a deal that's coming through or, you know, a deadline or something. So I have to be, I have to get, I have to work like at least two to three hours every day when I go, when I travel. I haven't figured that out yet. I haven't gotten to the point in my working for myself where I've wanted to take a no email vacation yet. I haven't navigated that. Yeah. But yeah, I feel you. I'm in the same boat. Yeah. The only time I did do it was I went to Cuba and I had everything so meticulously scheduled. And that was only for four days. But it was a lot of work because I had every single blog post, every single social media post all scheduled and on autopilot. And then I literally told every single brand partner and the woman who helps me like she's kind of a part-time manager um that i was going to be out of town and that i wasn't going to have any email because in cuba there's no wi-fi so you have to take a break i think i need to go to cuba (laughs) oh my god i'm going back well we'll talk about that later but um heather what's your low like I've been sick since November. It kind of just goes away and then it comes back and it's really annoying and there's nothing you can do. Like you can't take most medicines yeah. when you're pregnant. Oh. And like my life does not lend itself to taking a break really. So I have to sort of I, I nap in a lot of my lifts. That yeah. that happens. And um I've been going to bed early, but for the life of me I can't seem to kick this goddamn cold. Oh, that's so obnoxious. Yeah. Ugh. That's the worst. Ugh. I hate that. That was me last winter. I just had this cold that wouldn't no go away. What I did, it wouldn't go away. The only thing that's going to help you is rest and like warm sunshine. But I need you rest can't and get warm that. sunshine. Are you taking a baby moon? We are. We're going to our favorite little hotel. It's just outside, an hour outside of the city called Glenmere Mansion. And Ooh. all that's there is like amazing restaurants, a phenomenal spa, and the world's most comfortable beds. So I will be sleeping and reading terrible books and eating and spying, and I cannot wait. That, that sounds, sounds so excellent. Nice. No, no yeah. sunshine, but yeah. it still sounds really great. Yeah, sunshine, is, lack of warm, like beachy weather mm-hmm. aside, it is like the perfect getaway. And quite honestly, that's the only time I do actually unplug. Like I don't bring my laptop. I barely look at my phone and I am pretty disconnected and it's pretty amazing. Oh, that's so nice. Really nice. Becca, what about you? I told you my high and low were both superficial. Mm-hmm. I'm stressed about shopping for something to wear for our live show. Oh, yeah. I have two dresses on the way. Well, one of them you picked out, but. Oh, you got that one? I did. I'm it was, excited. It's, it's me. It's emerald green and it's sequins. Like, hello. Oh, my God. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'm really stressed. I'm going to go shopping this weekend, but I'm. It shouldn't be stressful. That's going to be fun. I know it should be exciting, but I'm yeah. feeling stressed. Yeah. So. I hear that. Yeah. You're going to find something great. I'm not worried about it. I have time. I'm starting early. Yeah. So we are going to ask Hitha a ton of questions. You guys had so many great questions for her all across the board. But first, guess what time it is? It's Desperation Minute. And we're so excited. So guys, if you like this podcast, what can you do? Your reviews have been so amazing lately, by the way. 
I love our reviews. But mm-hmm. if you haven't left one yet, and I think there are a lot of new folks yes. who have not, go into the iTunes store. It takes literally two seconds. Hit five stars. We love the creative writers in the group. Please oh my God, give us a is so good. Please write us a novel if you would like in the comments. We read all of them. We text about them. We talk about them. It's basically all we do. We sound very self-obsessed. Yes, we're very self. I mean, let's be honest. We love listening to ourselves talk, and we love reading your reviews. And if you have already left us a review, share about our podcast on your Instagram story. Yeah, throw up a a screenshot. I will always write back, or I will put it on my story. So we appreciate it so much. It really helps to help us grow. And as we grow, we'll be able to do more things. Like we'll have more bonus episodes, hopefully more live shows. All of the fun things. Even cooler guests. Even no, I'm kidding. It's guests. really cool. <laughs> it's all good. I'm an amazing company. I'm like a fangirl <laughs> over Flair and Ashley Spivey, so it's all good. Now that I've offended our guests, should we get back into the episode? <laughs> yes. So, Hitha. Yes. Um, will you talk to us a little bit? Um, tell us a little bit about your career je- trajectory. And how does your blog and your Instagram fit into all of that? Oh, man. Is that part um, of your job or just for fun? It's just for fun, and it I, always has been. But um, I guess we guys should start back in college. Like yeah, I start at the beginning. Yeah. You have an interesting career path. Yeah, you do. I do. It's it's weird how what I wanted to do when I was like seven years old actually ended up happening. But um, I think we have to start it's manifestation. I know. <laughs> I think we actually have to start there. So my parents had a very unique way of disciplining me whenever I like misbehaved. So I was never grounded or put in into time out, but I was made to do things to better myself. So my mom would have me like if I was pissed at her for some reason, write it out in like notebooks and journals. And so really cultivated that habit of writing for me. Mm -hmm. My dad would give me the medical dictionary in his home office pick five random terms and say, write me a report that includes all five of these terms. And oh my kind God. of like got me started thinking in a very scientific sort of mindset. And so while like every other good Indian kid, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a doctor or I'm going to be a lawyer when I grow up. I kind of always was like, I actually just really want to work with my dad in some way. Because he also would come home. He was a research scientist at a lot of the big pharma companies. And when I'd ask him what he did, he would explain to me as best as you can to a child, like what formulating a cancer drug is like or formulating a diabetes drug and what he was actually working on. And so ever since I was a kid, he'd take me to the office with him on weekends where I would just really like raid the stationery cabinet. But sure. And why not? Oh, office supplies were so cool and exciting when I was little. I still love like yeah. a good office supply run. It yeah. makes me so happy. Post-it notes and highlighters. Like new new pencils. pens. Yeah. Yes. So that kind of is something that was always in the back of my mind as I was growing up. Ended up in college at University of Washington in Seattle. Ended up majoring in biochemistry and history. Sounds which- easy. <laughs> I think I majored in history to bring up my GPA because my biochem GPA was really dismal and I needed a break from all of the lab work and super technical and analytical type work and history one class a quarter just kind of gave me that nice break. Yeah. But it also kind of taught me how to think in a very unique way that most people, if you were in engineering or in business school, may not necessarily approach problem solving the way I did. Then I was really sick of school by the time I graduated and decided I wanted to make a lot of money. So I went into sales and got a job at Cisco Systems. 
So I was in North Carolina for a year for job training, which was basically like being in college and getting paid for a year, which is excellent. <laughs> Amazing. And I uh, got a job on their global pharma team and moved back to Philadelphia where my parents had moved to after I graduated from college and was handling some of the biggest pharma companies as my clients and quickly realized I wanted to be in industry, not a vendor supporting the industry and particularly a low a lower priority vendor for pharma at that. Um, after like this, for that was about 2007 to 2009. In 2009, my dad's company had started to grow and needed someone to just sort of jump in and do whatever. And I said, sure, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Pick me. And I uh, joined him. But then also that's when I started the blog because I was like, I need a creative outlet that I could do from anywhere. Wait, so you started your blog in 2009? Yeah. Oh my, oh my God. you longer than me. I'm 2010. Yeah, but like don't read those early posts. They're oh my God. So well, don't bad. read mine either. It's like so a Microsoft bad. like paint stretched out image of something you liked probably. 100% or like a really grainy iPhone photo of like, yeah. A soft pretzel, like stupid, Centered stupid text, stuff. Sometimes colored. So bad. Yeah. So bad. Um, and I was inconsistent. I was consistently inconsistent with the blog, but it was just nice to have something that was just for me and had nothing to do with, you know, project management or manufacturing or licensing or all these super technical things that yeah. were now my career. Yeah. But I was doing what I always wanted to do was working for with my dad. Oh, that, like, that's really heartwarming. I would have loved to work for my parents, but they had a restaurant and I was like, fuck no. <laughs> it was such hard work. I mean, that's when we was traveling all the time. And that's where a lot of the packing and travel content yeah. came from for the blog. But my dad's also like my favorite travel buddy. Aww. Sorry, honey. Sorry to my husband. But it's true. Like we would we were in San Francisco for meetings. We would then we're like, okay, let's take two days and go to Napa and do a Napa trip. Yeah. We had this conference in new Orleans where truth be told, I don't think we went to much of the actual conference cause we were too busy <laughs> bumming around new Orleans and having a great time. Oh, I love that. And yeah. So our new company, Roe Pharma named after my son, Roe is, um, just sort of that next company after things wound down with Cytos. And we're really partners in that this time versus I was working for his business partner at Cytos, the last company. And it's really fun to be building this company with my father. Um, and for me, it's he's like one of the most brilliant men I know. And this is very much like this could be his like legacy making product and company and what people will remember him for. So I'm really excited to cement that in like the annals of pharmaceutical business. That is fantastic. But then on top of that, you have this whole social media presence with your newsletter yes. and your Instagram and you're not really blogging right now, but I'm no. sure that'll come back. Yes. So I would go crazy if all I did was my job. Yeah. Like I would go nuts. And I mean, this started, I guess, like really in college where I was like, I can't just be a science major. I'm going to go crazy. Yeah. So what's nice is that the blog has always kind of been for me. I never focused on it. I treated it as a business, but I never made it my only business, I guess. And yeah. that's just because I had such admiration for what you do and what so many of our other friends do. But like, I just couldn't. It was not ever the right fit for me. But Keeping it fun keeps it fun for me and makes me want to share on social. So I got burned out from blogging big time at yeah, the end I mean, of last year. Yeah, you don't burn you out if you, I, I don't know, like I found, 
to be a real struggle struggle from going from a hobby to something that supports me. Yeah. And last last fall, I got burned out and that was also because work was really starting to pick up and I couldn't do both anymore, but as I wound down the blog, I did start prioritizing posting on Instagram because I didn't want to lose this community mm-hmm. that I had kind of built and grown up with, you know, over the years. And I a news junkie. Like I love reading what's going on in the world and trying to make sense of it. And I'm so grateful for you because you're curating my news yeah. intake. Yeah, yes. exactly. You're very influential now. Like with this, like but on that front, it's like you get bombarded with so many of the same topics. If you go on New York times or Washington post or the wall street journal or Twitter and it's very noisy and you don't know what to pay attention to. So as I started just sharing these reads every day on my Instagram story, there was a very concerted effort to stay away from what's already kind of being talked about everywhere else and shine a light either on people or issues or topics that I think should be also a part of the national discourse and conversation. Yeah. So we have more questions about five smart reads yes and we'll come back to it but i'm curious so you're not only like this multi-hyphenate ceo slash internet person slash news curator you're also a mom yes how has being a mom affected your person your professional life i am so productive in ways that i never was before i had a kid oh that's so interesting because i just don't have as much time to i just don't have as much time like if i'm gonna be away from my son I better be making every minute count, but that also counts for rest, not Mm -hmm. just always working. So I've been trying to be very mindful about how I spend my rest time and making sure I'm not just lying on my bed scrolling through Instagram for (laughs) hours, which still happens sometimes, but we're human. (laughs) But making sure I'm reading actual books or like taking a bath or just sleeping right now, quite frankly, because seven months pregnant and tired. I can't believe I'm seven months pregnant. I have so much to do. Oh, no. Is the second one less stressful or no? Yes and no. I think I was a little bit more stressed during that first trimester because I was like, oh, I just want to make sure it sticks. I don't want to go through another miscarriage. That sucked. That. But I'm less concerned about every little twinge or every little movement Mm -hmm. or when you feel like shit for, you know, three months straight. Like, I'm like, oh, this is just part of part of the deal and I'm used to it and I forget I'm pregnant a lot of the time oh like yeah. you're just so busy chasing after your existing kid that right. yeah. you're just sort of like oh I guess you're along for the ride so <laughs> buck up buck up Bubba and yeah. but like Ro doesn't let me forget he's so sweet he's like always hugging the, my belly and giving Aww. it kisses and talking about what he's gonna do with his little brother and it's Aww. the cutest thing ever and I hope he feels this way once the baby is actually out and he realizes babies don't do anything (laughs) yeah oh that's really cute that's really cute we got a lot of um life questions one of them was how do you stay motivated when you're feeling burnt out and exhausted I think you gotta like listen to your body and take a break when you burn out like it's not gonna do you your work or your family any good to keep pushing when you're running out, running on all fumes. And I'm very lucky to have as much help as I do. Like my husband is a partner in every sense of the word. My dad lives with us most of the time and 
handles a lot of like the household stuff that normally would just fall on my shoulders and probably just fall on the wife or mother's shoulders in a lot of traditional relationships. And I'm eminently like, I'm so grateful for that. I haven't cooked at all this week. He's like made us all our meals. And does he want to move in with me? You could move in with us. (laughs) (laughs) We have a guest room. I'm coming. (laughs) And um, I have an incredible nanny. I have a housekeeper who comes several times a week. And like, I'm very lucky and like I'm privileged to be able to afford this like level of help. And I recognize that. And I'm so grateful for the people in my life. I recognize that that's not what that's really a luxury and a lot of people don't have it. But try to take a break when you can. And I think like even hiding in the bathroom for five minutes and meditating real quick could be incredibly recharging. I have this app called Happy Not Perfect. Yeah, you always talk about that. I love this app because it's very no-nonsense mindfulness and meditations. They have a meditation called like the F it meditation. Can I curse? Yeah, you can curse. Yeah, it's it's called a fuck it meditation. And I do it often because I have a lot of things in my life that I just want to fucking go away. Yeah. And I find that really helpful. If I also know that if I need to go to bed early, there are nights that my husband won't get home till 1030 at night. And like, I've been asleep for three hours already because I went to bed right after Roe did. And that's okay, too. So it's not just about the self-care you see on social, like the masks and the baths and whatnot. Like going to bed early and like taking your vitamins and drinking lots of water and maybe eating one green meal a day can be the best self-care for yourself. That is, it compounds over time. Well, the another area that we got a ton of questions for you was on travel. So yeah. we didn't mention in Hitha's intro that she also wrote a book. <laughs> oh, yes, she did. It's called How to Pack, Travel Smart for Any Trip. And she fun. is an expert packer, which I am not. <laughs> Um, Hitha encouraged me to buy packing cubes. So like yes. that's where I am in my travel journey, but I am a stressed out packer. But um, we got so many travel questions for you. So somebody wanted to know, what are essentials for someone just starting to do more international travel? What are the things I need to buy? I recommend getting a really good um, plug adapter that is like one of the ones that works in almost every country that also has USB ports on it too. Okay. So that way you can basically charge your phone, your Kindle and like your laptop Mm -hmm. all off of one little outlet because in Europe and international destinations, they're not as plentiful with the outlets Mm -hmm. as I'll send you guys some um, Amazon links after this. Yes, for sure. Um, that's like the first thing you should buy. Okay. And that should stay in your suitcase and label it like with your name and like another thing that says pack me so you don't forget it at okay. your destination. Okay. So Smart. you have to do it in yeah. like shouty capitals. Hopefully it'll remind mm-hmm, you to always yeah. repack it. I also think in Europe, especially, it's not so much about wearing like athletic sneakers all mm-hmm. the time. So finding some great flats that you can also walk for miles in mm-hmm. is a really good bet. I love Rothy's. I've never tried them. I'm, I'm a, the only person who doesn't like Rothy's. Really? Yes. I, I loved know. them. I feel like maybe I need to give them an- another shot. I don't know. Which one did you get? I got the flats, the classic, um, like they're kind of pointy with like the little tovey. Yeah. They're really cute. I just, I didn't find them very comfortable. 
So you, you have to break them in a little bit and let them mold to your feet a bit. Okay. And I actually have found my Rothy's fit me perfectly after I like trudged in the rain with them. Oh. And it was like the mix the of that water. moist, the water helped mold them to my feet. So now they're like perfect. So you're saying I should take them in the bath with me. Exactly. Okay. Maybe I'll give it another try. <laughs> <laughs> or like right after a pedicure, just like maybe like tip them your feet yeah. in and let them dry. But no, there's, I find them really comfortable on... Also, Sam Edelman makes a great ballet flat called the Felicia. Okay. And it's like a buttery, soft, very cushioned. I think those are cute, but I do not think those are comfortable. Really? Yeah. I've done like 10 miles in those. Oh, oh my no. God. I always wear like a sneaker, like a slip-on sneaker. Slip-on sneakers are great. Yeah. yeah. Like the Vince ones are amazing. Yeah, yeah they're they're great. And they go with everything. Even like a classic Converse, like you yeah. really can't yeah. go wrong. But find your shoe and maybe pack around that shoe. So make sure your outfits are coordinating with the shoe versus trying to pack a bunch of shoes to coordinate with every single outfit. Oh, that's smart. That's really great advice. What about like the luggage and carry on situation? Yeah. Do you always carry on? Yes. Okay. Like we can't, we, we just went to Disney with Roe and we packed carry ons. So you have that's your carry on so suitcase. Yeah. And then what do you use for your other item? Usually a backpack. Okay. Because I kind of need to be hands-free. And I also have like a fanny pack strapped to me as well. Although right now I can't because like my bump is too big. And <laughs> it's not you could wear cute. it like over the bump. I kind of like it's like I wear it like crossbody. That's actually very cool right now. You're very in style. Thank you. Yeah. It's like a Darth Vader fanny pack and it's kind of amazing. So what goes in the backpack? So in the backpack, I keep the things that I'm not necessarily going to need on the flight, but like I'm going to need at some point in the trip. So like my laptop, I, like I don't, I'm like you. I never travel without my computer because no, I have to have it. I, you just never know when someone, like yeah. yeah, when you work for yourself when you're I can't just building do a company. From my phone either. I can't either. I like to be on a computer. Same. Yeah. Same. When Instagram like lets you answer DMs on the computer, oh, God. there's an app for that. Yeah, but it's on your computer, shitty. I can't get it. Mine. I never got it to work. I like, got it and it was like it kept malfunctioning. Ugh. Instagram, yeah. get on it. Yeah. While you're at it, just can you verify Grace and I? That would be really nice. Yeah. What about me? <laughs> and, Becca. and Becca. I have no followers. And that on paper. I'm on and that on paper. Um, I love you, Becca. <laughs> um, and Be- also follow Becca's Instagram because she wants to be an influencer and get the swipe up. Yes. I, oh, my God. There's So I don't actually care about having followers, but I want 10,000 followers because I want swipe up links. Swipe up is a game changer. Yeah. Yes. It is. Back to travel. And Enough about me. No. So I have obviously like clothes, shoes, because mm-hmm. I have TSA pre-checked toiletries in the suitcase. In the backpack, I also will have like a little in-flight toiletry kit. And that's Do you mask my- on flights? So I do. I know everyone like swears by Summer Friday's jet mm-hmm. lag mask, but I have a mask I like a little bit better. What is Instead, that? It's by this Swiss brand called Alchemy Forever. And I've never heard of this. I love it because it's another father-daughter duo who created the company. Um, he's like Switzerland's like top dermatologist. Love this. And his daughter is like one of the smartest. You should have her on the podcast, Ada Paula. She's amazing. Does she live in New York? Because we haven't figured out how to do remote guests yet. She lives yeah. in D.C., but I will tell her to come to New York okay. just for this and then to hang out with me. Um, she This skincare line is amazing, but their um, Cantic Brightening Moisture Mask is my favorite mask Period. And it goes on relatively clear, but it has a little bit of pearly sheen to it. Okay. So you actually look like you're illuminated. 
Yeah, you don't look it. like you're like the swamp monster. Honestly. Exactly. And they have like a really teeny travel size, which I find so handy. So that's always in there. I like to mix it with a little bit of face oil. And I'm really obsessed with the Wander Beauty face oil right now. Oh, it's really good. It smells that beautiful rose scent. And I'm like, oh, I love it. So it mix those together. And I like apply that at the beginning of a flight. Mm-hmm. And it really just absorbs beautifully. And I think it'll get you through two to three hours pretty well. Mm-hmm. So if it's a super long flight, I'll reapply. If it's a short flight, I kind of just get off the plane looking pretty, pretty good if I do say so myself. Oh. And then um, eye cream. I always like reapply eye cream. So okay. I'm not necessarily doing like the eye masks on the flight, mm-hmm. but I will bring along like I love the um, One Love Organics vitamin E. Oh, it's so hydrating. It's, it's so like putting hi- butter on. Exactly. I love it. You know what you got to try that I just tried today is the Kopari eye I bomb, I want to say. I've seen that on Instagram and I wanted yeah. it. Okay, so you it's approve. It's in my bathroom. You can try it before you I'm leave. going to. But if but you it, ver- if you vouch for oh, it, yeah. I trust you. I literally just try it today, but it's it's like got a little bit of a tint to it, but not like it would work on all of us. Um, And it just is so hydrating. I feel like that'll be perfect for the hospital when I give birth. Yeah, yeah. Kopari everything. Their stuff is I so love good. Kopari. Yeah. A good lip balm is always important, so... Mm-hmm. I just have like 50 million tubes of GlossierBomb.com. So that's in everything. Uh, A good hand cream. Mm -hmm. Usually it's just whatever I have lying around at home. So right now it's this Bliss one and it it works great. Yeah. But it's like from old Bliss, not like pre-rebrand. old Bliss. Yeah. It's like the really rich, beautiful hand cream. And when I tried to look it up, I couldn't find it. And that made me sad. That looks like maybe something you can get on eBay. Probably. I don't think you want old hand cream. I think there's a shelf life. No, but if it's never been opened, it hasn't and it, been open. it's fine because it's if it's never got parabens, it keeps it fresh. Well, also if it's never been exposed to oxygen, then you don't have to worry about it going bad. Yeah, Grace Atwood, I support parabens. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, but sometimes the benefits are great. <laughs> Long shelf life. So, and uh, hand sanitizer, or okay. like sanitizing wipes, because yo, planes are gross. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. This person wanted to know if you were single and didn't have kids, where would you want to travel to most? I mean, Cuba. Duh. Cuba? Come with me. My friends live there. I'm going to visit them. When? End of April. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> She's going to be busy <laughs> having a baby. Between I know. Zika well, and well, like, we go having... back. They have a, bo- a really cool boutique they just opened, which is major for given the Cuba, yeah. Cuban economy. Maybe that'll talk. be like mine and Sri's like first weekend away from both kids, like yeah. next winter or something. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So Cuba. Mm-hmm. So I would like to go with my husband too. Honey, I'm not just ditching you. But um, I would also want to do a lot more like adventure travel. Okay. I feel mm-hmm. like I didn't. And not that I'm a particularly adventurous person. I'm I'm not. It's like hilarious that I'm even saying that. But, but like where? I think Patagonia. Oh. South America. Okay. Before, you know, climate change destroys it. <laughs> So getting out of the fictional world, yeah. where is the next place that you would really like to go with your family? Okay. I feel like we'll probably do one of like the f- smaller Florida beach towns next winter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just because it's an accessible flight. It's mm-hmm. not too long. We don't have to worry about lugging car seats, which just having like rental agencies with mm-hmm. car seats is huge and not... Maybe I could get away with packing a carry-on for all four of us. Oh, my Maybe God. Um, I can't get away with packing on a carry-on for just me a lot of the time. I'll come over. I'll help you. Yeah. Next big trip I go on. Yeah, I'll come over. We'll pack. We'll make it a party. Okay. 
so family trip would probably be one of like the Florida beach towns, like 30A or Sarasota or maybe not like Miami because I feel like I do in Miami. Ro doesn't like the clubs. <laughs> you probably would actually. <laughs> Ro, you wild man. Ro is exactly like me in personality, which is why I think we clash so much. And he and my husband like seem to gel a lot better than we do. Oh, that's funny. Because I'm like, oh, you are me. I know exactly <laughs> what games you're trying to play. That's funny. So I feel like you already covered this on the beauty side, but on the clothing side yes. for travel, what are the five clothing and accessory items that are your go-tos? Either specific brands sure. or just like the type of thing. Like what do you pack when you travel? So I'm a big fan of bringing like your stretchiest jeans, like the ones that can be reworn mm -hmm. multiple times. Yeah, like good American I they have maternity jeans. I need to order oh, a pair. Too. I I love them and they're stretchy and they hold their shape. Uh, so so that would be perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try some good Americans myself because maternity jeans stretch out like in a second and it's yeah. the most annoying thing ever and you spend half the day pulling them up and oh, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. It's one of the many annoying things about being pregnant. Very lucky to be pregnant, but But you look so cute. She's wearing, actually, this is not a plug for them as they were an advertiser. She's wearing a navy blue Dudley Stevens fleece and cute leggings. I was like, you look way more put together than I do. <laughs> and yeah, you're seven months pregnant. It's honest to God, monochrome outfits about, about to travel. Monochrome outfits are like my like sartorial secret weapon. Like when you okay. just wear head to toe one color, you mm. look so polished and okay. with very little effort. So, so is that mostly black and navy or will you it's navy and grays for okay. me? Yeah, I will do pops of red. Yeah, just or leopard because mm -hmm. leopard is a neutral. I have so much black. And so with black, you do need some extra pops, whether it's like a patterned shoe or a really cool, funky bag. But I feel like if it's just navy or tan or gray, you can get away with doing it head to toe mm -hmm. and not looking like a goth or overly or too New York-y. Yeah. Okay. Because when we leave New York, like we look, we stand out like a sore thumb in our all head to toe black looks. Yeah. So we're getting to five. We have our stretchiest jeans. Stretchiest jeans. Um, monochrome outfit. Is that one or two? I would say actually it with stretchy jeans. Okay. Pick like two monochrome outfits that you can also mix and match the pieces together. Okay. So I would be like pick a navy and a gray or a navy and a camel. Okay. Um, a gray pair of shoes. Just you can walk in. Like, I'm not going to tell you what kind of shoe to pack. Like, you know yeah. what your favorite shoes are, yeah, yeah. your go-to shoes. So just pack those. Um, a scarf, for sure, because blanket yeah. on plane, little mm. zhuzh. What's your favorite kind of blanket scarf? The white and worn cashmere travel scarf. Okay. Uh, is, get it, like, if the shop up sale's over. But yeah. anytime shop up is doing one of those crazy sales, like, that's, like, one of the things I always tell people to buy. Oh, okay. You have your Heidi Wynn one that I love. I love Heidi Wynn. Yeah, she makes really great cashmere wraps. You know, Ooh. She's a lot smaller, but her cashmere is, it's like, it's like Laurel Piana quality. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to ask to see it before I go. Yeah, I have, like, three. Ooh, yeah. good to know. Yeah. Um, 
sunglasses that won't break like or like if they break you're not going to be like super upset about so i have like five pairs of knockoff folding wayfarers from amazon oh Oh, perfect that if they go missing or if i lose them or if ro breaks them i'm not like upset about it yeah and it's okay do you know what our friend jackie got us really into who what sunglasses from sonics the phone case brand yeah they have yeah. great sunglasses. And they're and not expensive. No, they were probably like 50 bucks. So again, it's like if it breaks, if you lose them, you don't care that much. But they're very stylish. I'm like $15. Oh. <laughs> I like okay. I like cheap sunglasses. Okay. But Amazon has some great ones. Um, my friend Jen Fallick, she finds the best like trendy, stylish sunglasses that are dirt cheap on Amazon. Oh, I love that. I didn't know you guys were friends. I yeah, love her. Yeah, we had lunch yeah. on um, Tuesday. Oh, cool. Where I said, hey. Urban Outfitters also has really good cheap sunglasses. They do. Probably like $25. They do. They also have really good thermal shirts. So Okay. I've been I've been into I've been into them this this winter. So I want to get off travel. And you mentioned this really briefly earlier in the episode, Mm -hmm. but somebody asked if you could talk a little bit more about your miscarriage. Sure. And they specifically asked, how did you tell people? How did you know when it was time to try again? And they said, it's such a hard but common thing, but it's kept secret by so many women, which I agree with. I uh, worked with somebody who had a miscarriage. And when she told me that, I can't remember the statistic. I don't know if you know it. Like what percentage of women... I think it's one in two or one in three. Yeah, it, it's so it's common. A, it's, it's very common. Oh. Um, but we don't talk about it. No, I did because I'm terrible at keeping things to myself. Did you talk about it right away or did you need some time before you wanted? Did you talk about it in real time? I I withdrew from people I wasn't 100% comfortable talking about it with. I would say the two months after it mm-hmm. happened. And... Just because I had to let my heart heal and I knew that would be the only thing I could talk about. So I only was around people who could handle hearing about it Mm -hmm. um, for like in the kind of immediate aftermath. Can I ask a context question? Sure. How far along were you when you miscarried? I was 10 weeks. So I was like three weeks away from my second trimester. So you were still first trimester. Had you told people in your life that you were even pregnant yet? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And... uh, but basically, I the my my litmus test for that is if I'm comfortable telling you I'm pregnant, I'm comfortable enough telling you I had a miscarriage. Yes, and I think for me that works. I know a lot of other people. Ha- do you do you? Like well, there is no right or wrong. Part of what's so hard is that because so many women don't tell people they're pregnant until they're in their second trimester, then when they miscarry, it's private because they haven't even told you that they're pregnant yet. yeah and you mourn alone so exactly. for me it actually seeing how a lot of friends like rallied around that didn't know i was pregnant then knew right away when i miscarried was really heartening um i felt very i felt very supported and and that was like one of the rare moments where i was like oh me being able to not keep a secret at all like actually paid off i think writing the blog post about my miscarriage was incredibly cathartic because mm-hmm. I had read a lot of posts out there that talked about it, but didn't go deep. And I had to get a DNC and no, I didn't know what to expect. I knew nothing. And I did not have a great DNC experience. And I feel like it's because I didn't, what I wasn't prepared. I had no context of what to expect. My OB shared as much as she could, but at 
the same time, this is part of her job and she is clinical and a little bit more detached about it. Mm -hmm. In a way, a woman going through it isn't. So I figured if sharing the story and like really heavy detail could help anybody else, I would be happy to to share it. Yeah. And um, that also was really cathartic. Yeah. About just sharing it and putting it out there. And as far as ready to try again, um, I had a complication after my miscarriage. Um, I was ble- my first period back. I was bleeding super heavily. And I was actually in a work meeting. <laughs> meeting yeah I was meeting with like our cardiologist advisory board and like having to go to the excuse myself and go to the bathroom like every 20 minutes to change my both my tampon and a pad that I would have bled straight through oh my god so I basically went straight to the hospital right after that meeting and had to get a repeat DNC oh my god (laughs) because they said um they didn't think they got all the products of conception out um before it and it's also the reason I have to get a scheduled c-section this time because I have a new OB who said I want to see for myself that you're okay like you say you don't want to have another kid but that should be your choice that shouldn't be something that's taken away from you and if you have a v-back and I can't get in there when you might have to have another c-section anyway if it's an emergency or it's an unexpected c-section I'm not going to have the time to go in and make sure your uterus looks fine yeah so that was honestly I was hoping for a VBAC. It didn't, it's not working out. It's okay. Yeah. And I have, I have an incredible doctor who just presented the information, said it's your choice, but I just want you to have all the facts. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. And I think having a woman OB who's a mother herself really helps in this sense because she's been through what exactly what you've been through mm-hmm. as well. And there's something really comforting about there's a level of empathy you get there with someone who maybe that you don't get with a man. Yeah. yeah. I've always felt more comfortable having female doctors. Yeah. I haven't, Same. I've felt it on an empathy level. I haven't, I've never thought about it in terms of like them also being a mother. Yeah. Um, My OB has three boys. And so she is, when I am like, how am I going to deal with two boys? She's like, you got this. Like she gives me these little pep talks and she's Aww. incredibly supportive and compassionate but also doesn't waste time. And it's she's amazing. I'm obsessed with her. I feel like we're going to get DMs asking for your OB's name. So. Her name is Abigail Khan, K-A-H-N. She's out of the Upper West Side in New York. And Shout she's out to amazing. Abigail Khan. It's <laughs> OB. I love my OB. <laughs> uh, so can we take a quick break for a sponsor? Yeah. So this is one of our sponsors that I'm most excited about. Today we're talking about Modern Fertility. So Modern Fertility is the first comprehensive fertility and hormone test that you can take at home. So on my end, I am in my 30s. I'm not positive if I want children, but, you know, you can't just go to the doctor and say, tell me what my fertility is like. Usually they will only test your fertility levels if you've actively been trying unsuccessfully to get pregnant for six months. So it's it's testing that usually you don't have access to or if you force their hand, they would do it, but it's very expensive. Very. Very expensive. So Modern Fertility is a kit that is $159. You get the kit to your house. You have to do a blood prick on your finger, and then you send it back, and you get your results in a few days. I also love that it comes with an appointment one-on-one with a fertility nurse to answer your questions, so you don't just get a scary report with a bunch of numbers on it that I'm not a doctor, I can't interpret. Yeah. So you have somebody to answer your questions. Um, and 
you know, I think $159 for the level of knowledge that you're getting is is pretty good. It can cost thousands of dollars in a doctor's office, and it's the exact same level of testing. So the test can give you a sense of your egg count, expected outcome from IVF or egg freezing. It can also tell you how your hormone levels relate to PCOS, and it also tests your general hormone health levels. Um, I'm so obsessed with this company. I think it's really cool. Uh, it's giving women the information they need to make informed decisions about their reproductive health. And um, on their site, they also have a lot of really cool resources. They have a fertility timeline to help you plan out how many children you want and, and what that means about what your average fertility will be like based on your age. Uh, and it also has a really cool quiz that demystifies fertility and asks you a bunch of uh, questions to kind of help you uh, understand your hormone health. So I'm obsessed with this company. I don't know why we didn't learn more about this type of stuff in sex ed. I just got pictures of like disease genitalia. <laughs> I wish I learned about my hormone health and fertility instead. Uh, ah, if, the U.S. education system. Seriously. If you would like to try Modern Fertility, uh, you could take the quiz and get $20 off your first kit at modernfertility.com backslash B-O-P. So again, $20 off your first kit at modernfertility.com backslash B-O-P. Awesome. So should we get back into the questions? Yes. The meatiest category we got for you was work, work questions. Okay. So many. So the first one is, Hitha is so productive. I'd love to know about her key productivity practices. Okay. I am... Thank you, first and foremost. Uh, that's the kindest compliment because I feel like this week I've been running on fumes with like this cold and not getting nearly as much done. I think motherhood has been my ultimate pro productivity hack when you don't have a lot of time because you have a kid, you're much better at using that time efficiently, but like don't get knocked up just because you want to be productive. <laughs> that's a terrible idea. Um, one of the things I do is I try not to overdo my to-do lists. I think it can be really tempting to fill a page with, I have to get all these things done. Mm -hmm. And then being so overwhelmed by the number of tasks on your list that you don't even know where to start. Yeah. So I'm really laser focused about there are certain things I do every single day as it relates to just staying on top of email and following up with work emails as well as and networking as well as five smart reads like posting them and getting the links copied and pasted into an Evernote. I also make sure I have my weeks kind of scheduled to flow with my productivity. So Mondays, I don't take any meetings or calls. And I like work on my meatiest projects for the week. And I'm kind of offline, really, if as much as I can be, if I don't need to like research stuff or Google things, I'm trying to update decks or work on spreadsheets and do that type of work um, on Mondays. So that's when my brain is the freshest. That's when I feel the most ready to get tackle work. Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I kind of reserve for meetings and calls. Okay. So I'm either working out of the wing, if um, I'm meeting with a lot of the companies that we've invested in, or I'm kind of running to offices mm -hmm. for um, potential investors, especially ones based in New York or taking calls with them on those days. Or you're coming to Brooklyn to record podcasts. Or I'm coming to Brooklyn to record Bad on Paper, which is a much better <laughs> time. Uh, it's much more fun for me <laughs> than um, doing the Roe Farmer spiel for the bazillionth time. Wednesdays, 
I have to kind of treat as a bit of a recharge day because I find that the super mentally intensive work on Monday and then the running around in meetings on Tuesdays, I'm a little burnt out. Mm -hmm. But the point is to never get yourself get totally burnt out. Right. So I do what I call like a two thirds day. Okay. Where I work probably from... I kind of give myself the morning off and like I'll go to a soul cycle class or a yoga class after Rose in school and read a book for fun. I really like this practice. I feel like I have found myself doing this since I've been working for myself, but it's not planned. Mm -hmm. It's that I get burnt out and need it. Like yeah. I love that you proactively do it. And I've never heard anyone say that. I I, I realize that it comes from a place of privilege to be 100%. able to work for yourself and say, I'm taking a two-thirds day. But I love that you've planned that into your week. And it happened the way just you said it. Yeah. As I was finding myself getting burnt out and where I would need to end up taking a full day off, that right. wasn't productive. But for me, the sort of two-thirds day is really nice because I know I'm still going to get a significant amount of work done. Yep. And it's a mix of calls or you're catching up on email or whatever didn't get done on finish get didn't get finished on Monday. I'm finishing it on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then that is sort of a nice way to mini re- mini rest and recharge, uh-huh. but also stay productive. Maybe I'm going to start doing this next week and give it a try. Let me know how it is. Yeah. So Thursdays is another meetings and calls day. And then Friday is my admin day. So emails that don't need to be answered right away, Mm -hmm. go to Friday. And I answer all of them. I try to stay on top of my finances. And Mm -hmm. so whether it's expense reports for Roe Pharma or managing like social related expenses, my own personal bookkeeping, I tend to do on Fridays. And I try to make it fun and like pour myself kombucha in a wine glass or (laughs) (laughs) I miss wine. I miss wine so much. Two months and then we'll have a wine night. Oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait whenever it is, yeah. whenever you come out. Um, <laughs> and uh, Fridays are admin days. So I know that I don't stress out about getting to all the little stuff because I have a day filled with it. And yeah. that's all my brain can kind of handle yeah. at the end of the week. It can't handle mentally intensive, like really strategic project work. I love that this comes with so much self-awareness that you've built your schedule to be smart instead of struggling against a schedule that you're trying to do everything and it's impossible and of course you get burnt out and fail yeah i mean it took a lot of trial and error like it did not happen overnight it was literally years of like binge working and then binge relaxing. And I just realized that wasn't sustainable, particularly when at six o'clock, this little guy is expecting me to sit down with him when he has dinner and do his bedtime routine. Mm -hmm. And getting back online after he's in bed, some nights it still happens and that's okay. But I can't, I physically can't do it. Like I'm so tired. Yeah. I want to talk more about the business side of your book. How did you decide to write a book? Like, what was that process like? I have the most, like, serendipitous book story, like, ever. So it started when I came home from the hospital with Ro. Mm -hmm. Uh, I got an email from an editor at Clarkson Potter, which is an imprint of Penguin Random House, basically saying, I love your blog. Have you ever thought about a book? And I had to pass. Had you? 
I, of course I had, but I was like never, I never was never anything I was proactively working towards. And I actually handed the phone to both like my husband and my mom. And I was like, am I hallucinating? Is this the drugs or is this like a real email? And it was a real email. Oh my God, that's so cool. And so I met with this editor, literally had Roe in his car seat because I had just taken him to his like first pediatrician like appointment. Um, where she was like, there's a lot of internal support for this. Um, we'd love to move forward. Like, can you just send me some things and I will prepare the package to pitch it to for like for approval. And so I sold the book off the blog and that's doesn't happen at all. Like it's very, very rare. And then I got my first offer letter and then I realized didn't know a lot about publishing deals, but knew enough to know that this is like the bottom of the barrel, which is what you would give an unsigned author. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't you just throw out the lowest thing? So then I talked to Rebecca. Mm-hmm. I talked to some other friends and Becca put me in touch with her agent, Kim, yes, who love Kim. love Kim. And, and Becca's my sister, just not yes. me. I have not up. written a book, but if yeah. somebody Rebecca would like Atwood. me to, yes. <laughs> get at me. <laughs> you should have Kim on your podcast. That would be great. Oh, she'd be good. I'm adding her to the list. Yeah. So Kim and I met and we immediately gelled and she said, we have two options here. Potter is actually the perfect publisher for a book like this. So we can continue working with them and I'll like go in and renegotiate your deal or we can press pause. We can work on a full proposal and then we can put it out to auction. What would you rather do? And I said, well, you just said Potter is probably the best publisher for this. So why wouldn't I just do it with them? Yeah. So she went back and renegotiated the deal finalized at the beginning of June. I turned in the first version of my manuscript in the beginning of July. It was terrible, you guys. It was so bad. Oh well, that's why they say you have to get the first draft out. Like, it's just, yeah. It, yeah. it's not about perfection. It's oh, just it was crap. It was total crap. But basically, um, it was good to get it out there because then by September, we made the decision that Kim and I would just, like, sit down and, like, really write it together because a lot of the things you would do in a proposal, like we just skipped over all of that. Right. So going from writing a blog post to writing a book is a very, very different type of writing. And I, I just yeah. didn't know how to do. So Kim and I basically like press pause on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And for a month, like basically wrote the book and the publisher was happy with it. So it started in March and we turned in the manuscript in December. Wow. And then a year and three months later, the book came out. Wait, Grace, would you ever write a book? You know, it's funny because I have a blog post that would all have gone up ages ago about like career advice going up tomorrow on my site. And one of the things that you have to know is like, don't just do something to do it, right? Like I talk about starting the podcast, for example, like for ages, I wanted to have a podcast, like probably for like six months before we even talked about it. I was like, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. I talked to you about yeah. it. And I was like, but like, what would my angle be? Like, I don't, I don't want to just, I think the best advice I could give someone is don't do something just to do it. And I think if I was to write a book, I'd be at this point just doing it to do it. And I would not want to contribute another blogger book. Like there is a blogger who's written this like very fluffy coffee table book. And there's a lot of those out there and I guess they sell. Okay. But I wouldn't want to write a book unless I felt like it was something that could like change people's lives and like make them really better. So no, 
But maybe someday. It's on the list. Okay. Yeah. But I just I feel don't like, feel like I have an angle. I feel like you two would write a really good like YA novel. That's what or I... like a brain candy novel. I would want to write something that is fiction. Oh. And it feels like I have been doing research my entire life reading lowbrow books. And I'm not saying that I'm going to write something that wins a Pulitzer. But like I have read an, enough crap that I feel like I could make a passable Interesting. YA rom-com type book i would read it thank you i would totally read it thank you both yeah if i did something i'd want to do like a book of essays because i have so many weird funny stories about my life like did you guys ever read i was told there'd be cake by yes yes i remember reading it and being like i could write this i would read your book of essays um i would read anything i'm not planning on doing things i'm not planning on anything like that soon Maybe you should just start writing some of these essays and publishing them on the blog and see how they do. That's kind of actually what I've been doing. It's yeah. great. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So I feel like your work life is so multifaceted because now we have like a totally different topic. And I'm really interested in this. Somebody asked if you could talk more about your journey as an investor. Yeah. How did you yeah. get started and how do you pick investments? And if somebody knows nothing about investments, what? Is well, one place to start. No, these two questions are different because I think one is about investing your money in like stock or oh, see, I and thought, one I is about it. investing in companies, I think. We could answer both yeah. of those. Let's talk about both. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about investing in companies because yeah. that's way more fun. And that was really when I started getting excited about managing my finances in a really yes. proactive way because I was like, I want more money to invest in more companies. Wait, yeah. can you just talk before you get into this? Can you yeah. talk really briefly? Like, What are the requirements to be an accredited investor? Yeah. So you have to have like a net worth excluding real estate. So just like your stocks and your bonds, your 401k Roth IRA, like your financial assets have to have a minimum value of a million dollars or you have to earn $200,000 in salary every year for the past three years. Or if you're married, I think it's three fifty dollars okay. as a couple for the past three years. So you cannot... In, you cannot be an angel investor in companies unless you are an accredited investor. Like, yeah, legally, companies cannot accept your money. If you, even if you have the money, okay. they wouldn't be able to accept your money if you're not an accredited investor. And I mean, it's not like I'm not providing paperwork whenever sure. I sign it. I'm kind of checking a box, like which boxes apply to me. Yep. To um, And is the accreditation process... Easy. It's a self accreditation. You're just acknowledging. Oh, it. you just acknowledge it. Yeah. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to be accepted. There's no, yeah. There's no like accredited investor certification that the government runs or whoever runs. It is. It's self reported. But you know, don't don't be shady. Okay. <laughs> and do that. So it obviously took a while. And I mean, my husband and I are also really lucky that we got to that status sure. a lot sooner than a lot of married couples do or individuals do. But um, the first investment was M.M. LaFleur. And I it was because I was a Love fan M. of the M. brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, I remember them getting written up in PureWow like when they launched and cold emailing their info at mmlafleur.com email address and saying, I've been looking for workwear like this my entire professional life. Like, thank you so much. Da, 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 da. Got a reply from their CEO because at the time it was three people. And she's like, let's meet. Like, I want to hear more about you and what you do and whatnot. And built a friendship from there. And then about a year and a, I want to say a year and a half later, we were just catching up over coffee and we were talking about negotiating and how to approach a negotiation, 
what are what are some things that make you feel like you're going to walk away because I'm not getting what I need? And then when I asked her, you know, why are we talking about negotiation? She goes, well, we're raising right now. And, you know, one of the VCs we're talking to, like, I just, I feel like they don't get us. They're trying to make us like some of the other sort of direct to consumer startups. And I said, wait, well, like, I, I want to invest. Like, what's the minimum check size? Think not even knowing if like we were accredited (laughs) investors or not, but basically going, I love you. Like, let me put my money where like my mouth really is. Yeah. And at that point, you know, we had started thinking about it would be really fun one day to be investing in companies like Mm -hmm. long term. Like it'd be cool to have our own fund one day, my husband and I. So I got just new MM was like going to be, a really solid business because when the product was strong and then two, the team's really smart. So yep. all the things that they were, um, they were still like focused on marketing and the right way to market the products and whatnot. I knew they would figure it out. So he met with them, looked at their financials, was really impressed by their early cash flow management and said, yeah, let's do it. By the way, we have to find out if we can actually do this or not. And I said, that's your job. <laughs> that's what you get to figure out and so we found out we were we qualified and so invested and then the next year we invested in work w-e-r-k which my friend annie co-founded and it's a really incredible company that goes into major corporations and helps them design flexibility programs to support the needs of their employees regardless if you're a woman or a man That's amazing. But really does disproportionately benefit women. And then that ball kind of just started rolling. And it was a mix of women I met at the wing or through Mm -hmm. other friends, um, as well as some cold emails that we received that started us off this journey. And, you know, I'm really proud that like out of the 10 companies we've invested in today, nine are founded by women all of them benefit women in some way. Yeah. And the three investments we did this year are all mom founders. That's great. Oh, I love that. How do you and three think about investing? Do you say we're going to invest in one company a year? Is it as you find companies that make sense? Is it do you have like a separate fund where you're separating assets to be this is earmarked to invest in companies we have like a dollar amount that we set aside in like our annual budget that's for investing in companies and it's been different year to year Mm -hmm. because with some companies we'll ask to write a smaller check but offer up more of our time to help them versus some companies just need the capital and don't need our skill set necessarily as much but we really believe in their mission so we're investing in them and and that differs year to year. Yeah. So this year we've kind of, we made our three and we're done mm-hmm. yeah. because we just, with the baby coming and with Roe being Roe and our own jobs, we just don't have the bandwidth yeah, to yeah. take on anymore from a time perspective and from a cash flow perspective. So yeah. let's switch gears and talk about investing your money if you're not an accredited investor where you can invest yeah. in companies. Wait, can I tell you a very quick story that yes. you reminded me of? So you were t- talking about investing in MM LaFleur because you were such a fan of them. My friend Allie, she's going to get such a kick out of this because she listens to the podcast. When she was, I don't know, in her early 20s, her dad gave her $1,000 and gave her the advice. It, it was earmarked he, to invest in the stock market. And he gave her the advice to invest in something she knew and that she liked. So she invested the money in Six Flags. 
<laughs> because at the time she was in her early 20s and really liked Six Flags. Oh my gosh. I love and this. And she ended up selling the stock for like some kind of wild profit. And she was like, yeah, I knew that like Six Flags is great and that they do a big business over the summer and they like had these things coming up. And she's like, I knew it would be successful. That's so That's smart. Amazing. I just thought it was hysterical that it's like invest in what you know. And she's like, I'm going to invest in Six Flags. <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know if that's like the right advice to follow for investing, but tell us how you think about investing money in the stock market or in yeah. other investments. So we're really lucky that my parents' money manager basically took us on because my parents, my, so my dad and, and my mom made this deal with me where they had a good amount of money saved up where I could go to college virtually wherever I wanted and there would be enough in the fund, to, in the account to pay for it. They convinced me to go to University of Washington over Columbia, which I was about to do, because they said they play the money game. They said, you will pay $3,000 a year in tuition at UW. You'll pay Mm $50,000 a year in Columbia and probably wipe out this account and wipe out some more money just living in New York City. So whatever is in that account, your college account, is your money when you graduate. Yeah. And... I went to UW for a, a number of reasons, but that was one of the big ones because I said, this is a smart deal. Yeah. Like, I would be stupid to take it. Seattle, like the campus is in the middle of Seattle. There's plenty of internship opportunities and that city is sort of life I was looking for. And I really like my parents as well as love them. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't really want to be across the country from you. So this works. So they never gave me that money right after graduation. Oh, (laughs) but what they did is they had had it invested in my name with their money manager. Mm -hmm. So I had a because Matt, our our money manager, was already managing that account for me. And because I was in my early 20s, was was making more riskier investments than he necessarily was to my parents' portfolio. It grew pretty, pretty heavily. And it was one of those things that I got the statement from Merrill Lynch one day and I was like, what is this? And I was like, I have this much money. (laughs) What the heck? And my mom is like, you should talk to Matt and you should be, you know, you just left Cisco. You should be rolling over your 401k from there into a Roth IRA he can manage. And all all these like to me was gibberish. And I was like, "Uh, but I ended up talking to Matt. He did all that for me and started teaching me really about like personal finance and mm-hmm. why he was investing in certain things, but also made the point and he goes, is there any industries you don't feel comfortable like profiting off of? Like, are there things you don't like? And I was like, yes, there are. Mm-hmm. And I said, can we avoid these? And can we maybe focus on investing in these? At the time, like women focused funds weren't really there, yep. but I just said, here are companies I really like, here are industries I really like. And he would, try to invest that money in those industries. And so we got lucky that we kind of like got grandfathered into working with Matt because of my parents' very smart money management. Uh, And he continues to work with us today. It's actually really funny to see he manages both my husband's and my Roth IRAs and they're invested in very different funds and things. And mine is doing better, like fully, fully (laughs) invested in women focused funds. I love that. And I was just like, ha ha ha. Women are just better with money, honey. 
<laughs> it is one of my goals. Not I don't have a time frame on it, but I would like to be more proactive in managing my money where I have a similar situation where I've had a financial advisor. I re- I switched my financial advisor last year to a woman who I feel more comfortable with. Yeah. Um, but I have been very hands off in managing money and I I feel intimidated by the stock market and I feel intimidated by investing my money and I would like to demystify that so I do not feel that way. But I guess if you had advice for me or for somebody who does not have access to a money manager, because the other thing is that usually there are requirements that you can't be like, I have $1,000, Matt, please work with me. No, you usually need to have about a minimum of 50,000 to have like a personal really to get work with a really good money manager and like you don't want somebody who's just going to take your money like you could probably go into like a charles schwab or a more entry-level money manager but i don't think that person is going to educate you in the way you want to be educated where you can feel empowered by these so so are there apps or websites or services that you recommend for people who don't have the fifty thousand? yeah want to learn i met with the i met um Thanks to Instagram, the founder of the financial gym. Her name is Shannon McCleary. She they they have a like a physical space here in New York, but they work with everybody remotely. And their approach to just really educating you about your finances and working with you personally to create a plan and this really like compassionate and empowering way and not talking down to you and mm-hmm. not being patronizing is like if I were starting out, that's where I would go. Okay. Immediately. And and it's a physical place. It's a physical place, but they could also work with you remotely over the okay. phone if you don't live in New York. Um, and they're fantastic. And every coach there is like, it's like your personal trainer for your finances. That's interesting. And it's a beautiful space in Chelsea. It's just like, it's a happy spot. And they have a lot of events too. So you could just go to one of the like wine and learn events and start learning about personal finance without being a member. But it's an accessible price point because it's $99 a month. You should have her on the podcast. That's just what I was going to say is I want to have somebody on the podcast who could speak educatedly about investing your money on a personal basis where, of course, you know, the advice you're giving is completely valid to work with a money manager, but I don't think that's accessible to everyone. It's not accessible to everyone, but like something like the financial gym where it's about $99 a month, but I think you're going to see a return, a huge return on that monthly investment. That is at a much more accessible price point that if you're serious about it, you will figure out how to pay that 99 bucks a month. Yeah. That's interesting. So we're running a little long, but I want to talk about your newsletter because I am obsessed with your newsletter. Thank you. So if you haven't heard it on previous episodes or you didn't get the gist from the beginning, Hitha curates five news stories on her Instagram profile every morning, Monday through Friday, and then sends them out as a newsletter on Saturday morning. And the Saturday morning newsletter has become my favorite, like, with coffee. Yeah. Thank you, guys. But can you tell us a little bit about how do you pick which articles to include in the newsletter? So first is what I don't include. And it is basically if you were to log on to any of the major news sites or Twitter and see what's trending, 
I stay away from those. Okay. Because, because it's I, already covered? It's already covered, but I also feel like you're being inundated with it. Mm-hmm. And this should be a respite from that. Yes. So healthcare is obviously nature of my job, but also an, a topic that I think so many people are so confused about. It is a mm-hmm. big, meaty, confusing issue, which is why it's important for me to just share one healthcare story a day because I think that little bit of education over a long period of time is going to give everybody a better understanding of this incredibly complicated issue. Totally. I really love featuring awesome women, like the articles featuring awesome women that you may not have heard about that I certainly hadn't heard about. Mm -hmm. And like the ones I would naturally share on Twitter or send to a friend. Mm -hmm. Those always take pretty high priority. I'm trying to be better about finding like world news stories. Okay. So like what's going on with India and Pakistan, what's going on. I'm still looking for an article about Venezuela that explains what the hell is going on there. Yeah, I'd like to read that. Because I I don't know and I don't understand and it's a long, complicated thing. But Do people send you articles? They do. I've been getting some really amazing reads from like readers, which is awesome because that is saving me some time as well. You should start a Facebook group for five smart reads. I should. It might, I will do it that. It might turn into a deluge, but I have a subjective question. Sure. How do you determine whether something is smart? Because I think that you do a great job with curation where there are pieces that are smart, but they are not about politics. They are about there was a great article about female friendship that I mm-hmm. loved that you featured recently. You will have fun articles about pop culture or about I can't think of another example, but like, how do you, what do you define? How do you define what is a smart read versus what is not a smart read? I think a smart read is one that like, I'm still thinking about it after I've read it. Okay. Like if I forgot, if this was like, I read a lot, like I read through probably five newsletters every single morning and two papers, like Uh apps on like what the latest articles are. And then if something I'm still thinking about it or pondering it, like, an hour or even 10 minutes later is still like is still stuck with me then that to me is is smart and it could be about anything from the amazon jacket to female friendships right. to like what what's does self care really venezuela? mean and to what's going on in venezuela yeah. so this is I cannot believe that I'm bringing this book up in this context so hitha and I I talked about this last week oh but hitha and I both read the idea of you. She oh was the first person God. that I sunk in that in that ship. I was yes. like, come down with me. But um, in this book, there is a very smart argument that the main character makes about how art that is made or appreciated by women is undervalued. Yes. Where, and I think that's very true of news and writing and things where because it is focused towards women, it is not valued as smart and i think that's so just take that term chiclet for sure men get thrillers legal dramas they get all this but i go no 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 that's brain candy too like it's just more masculine brain candy but also i think there's the argument to be made that it's a commercial success people enjoy it Mm -hmm. it is it, it might not be smart but it is commercially successful art so take like I can't think of a good example of a tr- like a. F- I'm not going to say Fifty Shades of Grey because that was so trash. I can't even endorse the writing. But these commercial successes that are on the book side, huge sellers. Well, look, Joanna Gaines's cookbook. Yes, like that was the best, like overwhelmingly the best selling 
cookbook. And like, I, I think I posted a Washington Post article about that, article. that one. And it said this wasn't the best in terms of like recipes or right. whatnot. Like actually everything was drowning in butter and we had some issues cooking these things, but it was what it sold. And I mean, you would never think about Joanna and Chip Gaines and think dumb. Like they've been so yeah. smart about their brand and building it in a really authentic, real way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like that to that, I see it. I think it's interesting though that you have taken a very broad definition of smart. And yeah. I you had an article a few weeks ago after the Oscars about Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Yeah. And, you know, I think like there's smart ways to think about and talk about things that are happening in our society that are not necessarily wars and well smart is also subjective for sure i just think anything that makes you think can be classified as smart and it does that is topic agnostic yes yeah i am very curious to know your answer to this last question we'll end it on this what are the top five articles your top five articles that you featured since starting the newsletter i don't know how you're even going to remember this i don't i don't i that's like asking me to pick a favorite child i don't know you only have one child so far who's out in the world in the world like business babies. I oh, okay. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm pregnant. What are the, even if you can't do a, t- a top five, what are the ones that you like you remember still and that have stuck with you and you're like the most proud to have featured? Okay. I might have to like go back and like do this in the show notes. Maybe come like, back to the Facebook group and share them. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Okay. I would love to do that. But um, I'm really proud. I mean, I, this isn't necessarily an article, I get really happy when I see a healthcare read has been clicked on a lot in a mm-hmm. day because those are usually the least clicked on mm-hmm. and engaged pieces. But seeing those get more clicks makes me really happy because I just think like this is such a complicated issue and we have this whole debate of repealing the Affordable Care Act versus Medicare for all. And I'm like, I don't support either of these things. And I have my reasons why. And I would like to share more of those. But I think it also requires all of us to have a baseline of what do we understand about the American healthcare system. And so when I see people clicking on actually reading those articles, that makes me really happy. Yeah. Um, But yeah. But you owe us. I'm not going to let you forget. This is your homework. And you have you have a a little over a week because we're recording in advance. Yes, I will be happy to. Yes, I want to see that list. I want to make sure that I've read the ones that you say are your favorite. I got the five smartest reads. There was also one last random question that is for all of us, and it's what's what is the best or your favorite book that you read in high school? I can go. Okay, I think my favorite book that I read in high school was the Sloppy Firsts series. Did either of you read that? No. No. By it's the Jessica Darling series by Megan McCafferty. Wait, Heather, how old are you? I'm going to be 35 this year. Oh, we're close enough in age that I don't know. Maybe this was just in my high school, but it was a series of books about this girl named Jessica Darling who was in high school and they were told in a diary style and they were pretty real where it wasn't the like picture perfect version of high school. I have been very curious to go back and read them and see if they are pure trash or to see if they hold up in any way. Yeah. But I don't want to ruin it for myself either. So I'm torn on whether I should do that. What about you guys? 
I have two. Okay. So my first favorite was 1984, which oh. is like, I know mine are kind of serious because I really only read serious books growing up. And then I started reading trash when I was much younger. I was very serious, like until college. So like, I want to go back and meet like high school grace. I was such yeah. a nerd, but um, I loved it. And it was actually, I think my first foray into dystopian future novels. So yes. I loved that. And then- I, I don't know why I liked this as much as I did. I think it was because, my, again, we were super nerdy. Like, my friends and I would just, like, reference this book all summer long. Was <laughs> Grapes of Wrath. Um, wow. I know. I, lo- I loved it, though. And, like, my my girlfriends and I, like, had, like, all these, like, weird, weird jokes about it. Like, I think that, like, they called like diarrhea skitters in it and like we then use that word for like years and everyone would tell call me Lenny because oh no Lenny was of mice and men sorry I'm mixing the two books up but I those are my favorites and I would put of mice and men up there too because uh, you are Lenny everyone called me Lenny with my pets (laughs) everyone still calls you Lenny with your pets everyone still calls me Lenny but I've been Lenny since high school like you you guys didn't invent that (laughs) Heather, what about you? I have two. And one is like when I read for school and the other one was when I stumbled upon. Um, the first is The Awakening by Kate Chopin. Oh, okay. I love that. And I'm like, why does Jane Austen get like all the love and poor yeah. Kate Chopin like gets nothing because she yeah. was writing from a very feminist place from when it, nobody was, especially no one, it, very few people in American literature were um, because you had like Louisa May Alcott, I guess. And sure. Joe was this super feminist like character arguably the mother was too but you know the sister rest of the sisters were very in traditional women roles the second book is um one that i've gone back and reread since and i actually think it's one of the best political novels like i've ever read and it's called to protect and defend and it's incredible like sort of multifaceted novel about the confirmation of a chief justice of the supreme court with this like new abortion law that had been passed and a teenage girl who's trying to get an abortion but can't like under this law so they sue the government. Oh wow. And this like multifaceted book. Who is it written by? Um Richard something Patterson. Like it's like okay. It's like dude brain candy. It's a dude brain candy book. Okay. But it's very smart. And I read it again recently because that's what's happening politically. Yeah. And I just wanted to see how it held up. Mm-hmm. You know, I read it in 2002. So like I read it last year again. So 18 years later, 16 years later, and it held up. Like wow. the writing held up, wow. the storyline held up. And I was like, I actually can't believe we're here again. Yeah. And it's pretty, um, it's what I actually recommend everyone to read. Okay. okay. Cool. So before we let you go, yes, we need to talk about our obsessions. Sure. Yes. As we always do. Love obsession time. Grace, what are you obsessed with? So every month on my blog, I do this Amazon favorites roundup. And so if you want to find them, they're on my blog under Amazon favorites. I have these pink fluffy slippers and they are so amazing. I think they're in my bedroom right now. I want to show them to you guys because they have this like. Oh, I've seen them on Instagram. They're like this super soft foam bed and faux fur and they're pink and they come in other colors and stuff. I ordered them when I was, like, ordering cat food and, like, all the other Amazon shit I get. They are magical. And I think what makes them so magical is, like, how cheaply made they are. Like, the the styrofoam footbed is so comfortable. Like, it's 
They're wonderful. I'm going to order those for the hospital. Um, You should. They'd be perfect for that. Yeah. Like, I love them so much. They come in a bunch of colors, but the pink is like, it's also like just, they make me laugh. Like, I put them on and I have like these pink faux fur slides on my feet. They spark joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. What about you guys? So, going back to my nail care, my new nail care goal, I bought a bunch of nail polishes that I can keep my nails perfect. And uh, have you guys ever bought nail polish from a brand called Smith & Cult? Yes. Yes. Very into their nail polish. I find that it stays very well. I love the colors that they have. It's also, I cannot remember if it's three free or five free, but it is better for you than the OPIs and SEs of the world. So I'm very into them. I just bought four trying to stick with my habit of not biting my nails. Heather, what about you? What are you obsessed with? Mine is a face mask. Not the one I mentioned before, but another one. Okay. The Cora Organics um, Turmeric Exfoliating Face Mask. And it's a good shower face mask. Like it's one of the ones that... Because turmeric will ruin your um, your washcloths. Yeah. My dad actually formulated a, like, curcumin is the active ingredient in okay. turmeric. He developed a white curcumin. And basically, if you run a skincare company, we'll supply this to you because <laughs> it won't ruin your washcloths. We get all the efficacy I want of that. Yeah. I'll a, see if he can, like, whip up a serum in our lab in India. Oh, my gosh. And we'll bring it to you guys. I have a good recipe for one of those masks on my site. I'll send you the link. And I'll make it with that one. Make it with that one. Let me know how it goes. I will. But the Core Organics one, again, because like it's a scrub too. Oh, yeah. It's it's a really good shower mask. And okay. it's one of the things that's actually made me consistent about Your masking. Your skin looks fantastic. Thank you. I think it's because of this mask, truth be told. Because okay. I do it like three times a week. It's gentle enough to do it that mm-hmm. frequently. It's, I mean, it's obviously, it's cool, like one of the cleanest skincare brands out there. Mm-hmm. It's gotten. It's in this really pretty gold tube, so it just makes me happy looking at yeah. it, and it adds like a little luxness to my bathroom. Yeah. And it genuinely, like, I think my husband's been using it. <gasps> That's how you know it's good yeah. when the I men think, start yeah. smelling yeah. it. So, what about on Instagram? What are you obsessed with on Instagram? Oh my god! So I, I guess because our place is like done from like a design perspective, mm-hmm. I feel like I need a new des- home design project. So I have this fantasy that will like get a place outside of the city that's like more close to where my parents are in Bucks County in Pennsylvania. And there's like a lot of farms popping up on the market and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, just sort of that bucolic like country retreat. But I've just been in real estate like porn mood lately. So Not Enough Hangers is an account that's he's a broker here in New York and also wraps up some properties upstate, but also like his Insta stories are amazing because he's taking you into some of the most amazing apartments. Like oh, I in feel like this city. is dangerous. Yeah. It's so dangerous, but it's so good. Okay. And um, he's like this just charming, charming man. His uh, partner is like this amazing cook. So like the food porn on that. Like it's just so good. It's pure fantasy, like amazingness to follow on Instagram. It will make your feet happy. Well, I'm sold. I'm following it right now. <laughs> Um, mine is, have you heard of the swimwear brand Summersalt? Yeah. S-U-M-M-E-R-S-A-L-T. Yeah. I love them. I, I a couple of their suits. Oh, I had not heard of them. So I had a work oh. call with them a couple oh of my weeks God, ago. You totally work with totally them. work with them. I don't know if it's going to work They'd because be they're looking for client. somebody full time. Oh. And that's not me. However, as I was in the process of 
having a conversation with them. I obviously looked them up on social and signed up for their emails and I had never heard of them. Their swimwear is very cute and it's around, I think it's a hundred, around a hundred dollars. So it's, it's pretty affordable. All, yeah, it's so affordable. Very affordable. But I follow. It's really flattering. Ooh. Well, I follow them on Instagram. They have a great Instagram. And so I am just like uh-huh. bookmarking things to potentially buy for Olbosh. Yeah. So very into planning my vacation wardrobe. Excellent. Grace, what about you? So mine is CYG Makeup. I follow a lot of makeup artists, um, like Katie Jane Hughes, for example. I like makeup artists that tend to do like a really fresh, glowy type of look. It just inspires me because I'm such a dunce with makeup. But I'll see them post something. I'll be, oh, I could totally do that. So CYG Makeup, her name is Cassandra. She actually does all of the makeup for the cast of Saturday Night Live. Um, So it's also fun because like I love A.D. Bryant and I love Kate McKinnon. So they're, you know, always on her feed and on her stories. And she's just like absolutely magical. I've seen her feed. I am... Yeah. She does a great job. She's really, really talented. What about books? What are you reading, Grace? Oh, so what am I reading? I am reading quite a bit, um, especially, you know, with the yoga retreat and what have you. I just finished, and I read it in one day, An Anonymous Girl. It was my book of the month um, maybe two or three months ago. It's by Greer, Greer Hendricks and another woman. I don't, didn't write down the other woman's name. But they also wrote The Wife Between Us, which I don't know if you guys read The Wife Between Us, but it's one of my favorite thrillers. And they're, they just like nail like that suspenseful tone so well. And that's like my brain candy. Like, I, I mean, I think that a lot of these thrillers, like we call, we were calling them, what were you calling them? Brain candy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's like, it's my guilty pleasure. I stayed up all night reading it. The other book that I just started reading in the same day <laughs> is um, Tell, Tell Me Lies. And that came out of Ashley Spivey and one of the, one of the podcasts we filmed with her. She told me I had to read it. I bought so many books from that episode. That one is actually en route to me right now from It's Amazon. really good so far. Yeah. yeah. It might actually be more your genre than mine. Well, but, I ordered um, it. I'm ready. I'm reading it. I'm enjoying it, it so far. What about you, Hitha? I am reading Lost Roses, which is like this sort of a prequel to Lilac Girls, which I have not read. <gasps> what? But I got I got an arc for it from NetGalley. So sorry. That would be like an asshole oh, when I say that. I want it. But um, I think it's coming out like next month. It's coming okay. out very soon. It's very, very good. And I'm a sucker for all things like Russian history. And this okay. is sort of at the turn, like this during the Russian Revolution. Did you read A Gentleman in Moscow? Yes, I loved okay, it. Okay, great. Love that list. book. I'm bringing that with me. So good. Yeah. It's that's a good vacation read. Okay. I loved that book. Now, um, would you recommend that over Rules of Civility or I would because I'm such a Russian history nerd. Okay. I preferred Rules of Civility. However, so I'm between bringing one I'm bringing one or one of one of the two on vacation. I liked them both. Okay. I liked Rules of Civility more. Like I would say it's the difference between an A minus and an A. Okay. So they're both good. Rules of civility is not as big, so it might be better to pack. I would take okay. that, yeah. Well, I am. You're gonna you're gonna hate me for this, but I am um, checking a bag because for a yoga retreat you have to because I, know, you get I don't like to rewear stuff, and so I need ten yoga outfits. That's fair. I'll excuse yeah. it. It's the only time I don't carry on. I'm I'm also a psychotic packer. A lot of no. that thanks to you. <laughs> yes, so I can bring success. like four. I'm gonna bring four books with me on vacation because I will read them all. Good. You should. Um, I'm also, and like, 
I read this earlier. I'm rereading it again. It's my friend Chris's book called The Master Plan. And like Chris is just someone who I never like I never thought I would be like know someone like this, but he had a really, really rough childhood um, in Washington, D.C., got involved with a lot of gang violence, like went to prison for life. Oh, wow. And got out largely because of this like master plan that he created for himself and really proved that he was someone who had learned and was like worthy of a second chance. And I think with all the criminal justice reform, like legislation that's coming out, but also having this conversation of how do we make sure these people just don't end up back? Yeah. It gives you a a lot more empathy for where people's like lives have started and just showed how so many, like how this, how it's, the deck was stacked against them yeah. in a way that it was completely stacked in favor of for me and made me really aware of my privilege, but also empathize. I can't ever empathize with someone like I can't ever empathize. That's insulting to to him and everyone who's been through that, what they've been through, but sympathize with the issue a little bit more yeah. in a really personal way. Mm-hmm. And I, it's an extraordinarily written book and I think it's worth everyone should read it. Yeah. All right. I'm adding that to my list. So like Russian history novel and criminal justice. I love it. Nice little balance. <laughs> Somebody going to ask me what Becca, I'm reading? Becca, what are you reading? <laughs> we don't care. Oh, okay. Becca, what are you reading? Becca, what are you reading? Tell me. Tell me. Thank you. Uh, so I am still in a book hangover from The Idea of You. Okay, can we trash. talk about this I've, for I've a little bit? It. I'm yes. going to pick it up at the bookstore because you know I won't order on Amazon now. I know. So we I don't do that either. This. I call in my orders to the bookstore and then go pick of them up. Of course you call them in. I love you. It's on my favorites like, I list. I love that. I go to McNally. There's a really nice McNally Jackson there, in Williamsburg. I know. It's right next to Dry Bar. <laughs> yes. So we talked about this last week. I read The Idea of You. It is basically a 40-year-old mom of tween daughter goes to what is a thinly veiled One Direction concert and falls in love with Harry Styles. It is the most addictive hole I've been in. I still have a book hangover from it. Yeah. I've gotten so many people to read it, all of whom love me, hate me. Yeah. It's a complex I'm putting this on my thing. list. Right anyway. That's a great vacation read. You should take that. Great vacation read. So anyway, I am still having this book hangover from it. And so I thought I would read something completely different because I'm reeling from it and I don't know what to read. So I am reading this book of essays called I Miss You When I Blink by Mary Laura Philpot. And it isn't out yet, but I think it comes out next month. And um, it has gotten a ton of acclaim. And basically the uh, thread that ties together all of the essays is, is about a woman who checks off all of the boxes of having it all and then is still not happy and and I believe struggling with clinical depression even though she has married and had children and has a her dream career etc and um apparently it's these essays are tear jerking and very phenomenal so I just started it but I figured I needed a palate cleanser that was very very different yeah than the idea of I have another palate cleanser for you please have you read I am pilgrim no that is one of the best like geopolitical like thriller books I've ever read and everyone I've recommended it to, no one has ever been disappointed by that book. Well, I have a big order of books that I just made that I just got the notification that they're shipping, but I'm going to put this in my Amazon cart right now. It or is, I should go buy it at McNally Jackson and support yeah, local bookstores. Support your local bookstore. It's, it's a fantastic book. Okay. 
Sold. Like I thought it was going to put me in labor because I read it when I was pregnant with Bro. Well, if anyone else needs a book to read, we are getting ready for March's book club the last Wednesday in March, and we are reading Verity by Colleen Hoover. (gasps) I have not read it yet. That's a Kindle Unlimited for all you Kindle people out there. Oh, it's free? Yeah, it's on like the Kindle Unlimited plan, which that was one of the books recommended when I put up my APB on the Facebook group saying, I'm going on vacation and I need brain candy. So everything I've read about it has either been it is the best book I've ever read. It was my favorite book this year, or I hated it. So I think it's going to be a very interesting discussion. And it's psychological thriller territory, so it's right in Grace's I'm wheelhouse. I'm very excited. I think I'm going to bring that on vacation, too. Okay. But I don't like to read the books that we're doing for the podcast on Me vacation. Me, too. I like I, to read them close to when yeah, we talk about them. And I also feel like that's it's it's not work, but it kind of is yeah. because we have to outline them. So Totally. Like, yeah. It's well, work. I can outline this yeah. one if you want to read it on vacation. You outline the last one. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway. We'll do it together. Aww. We're reading Verity. Yes, we can't Hitha, wait. You have earned a desperation minute. It's your <gasps> very Where? own desperation What can hey. people do for you? Where can people find you? We'll put a link to your newsletter in the Facebook group, too, awesome. so that people will sign up. Definitely follow me on Instagram. Sign up for the newsletter. Where? Who are you on Instagram? Oh, yeah. I'm at Hitha, H-I-T-H-A, Palapu, P-A-L-E-P-U, I'm one of like three Hithas on Instagram, so I wish I could have gotten the handle just Hitha. But Ooh. I want at Grace so badly, but a church has it. <laughs> of course, you can't take away their Instagram handle. Some girl has it, and there's like another. So there's another Hitha who lives on the Upper West Side as well. Yeah, who her maiden name is Perbacher, so we had the same initials too. Oh my god. Um, and who's a mom now. And she's actually a friend. But Fighter. like we used to get email, like each other's emails, like oh, our so credit funny. cards mixed up at the wing. It's oh my God. funny and weird, weird. But like both of us are very bitter that neither of us have the Hitha yeah. Instagram handle. Anyway, where can people sign up for your newsletter? You can go to hithaonthego.com forward slash five smart reads. Amazing. Go sign up for her newsletter. It's, it's so amazing. Good. Thank you, guys. And what about if people would like to find you on the internet, Grace? I am at Grace Atwood, and my blog is thestripe.com. And I'm at Becca M. Freeman and would really like swipe up links. Yeah. yeah so so go follow just Becca. under 2,000. So let's at least get her to t- like over 2,000. Please. Yeah. Help a girl out. Help a sister out. And by the way, she will give you books that you will hate and love her. Yeah. Her- it's funny because I tagged Ashley Spivey and she got like 400 new followers, but I tag you and no one goes to no follow one cares. you. Maybe no they've all the ones that already I think they're already following you. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. We will talk yeah. to you next week with our guest, Shanae Alexander. Yes. Can't wait. Excited for that one. Yeah. She's fabulous. Okay. Bye. 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 bye.